Lee Whitehorn, 44 years of age, father of two, married to Laura, siblings, Luke, Jay, Rachel and Jane. Uh, one father, two mums. That's me in a nutshell, footy coach. I uh, look at myself as just the average, everyday, run-of-the-mill bloke. Why am I here today? Um, to talk about my diagnosis um, that I received, oh, not great with dates, but I'm going to say about six weeks ago. Um, and I was diagnosed uh, initially with a lesion, which I think is a nice word initially for a tumour or cancer. And I was diagnosed with a diffused glioblastema. Here's a recap of my brother Lee's story so far. Oh, what am I afraid of? The honest answer would be uh, not being around long enough to instill the values that I feel will set my kids up to become strong, responsible, wholesome individuals. So my name is Luke Evans. I am Lee's youngest brother. Probably the obvious, more longer term fear or greatest fear would just simply be, you know, not being able to have him here. Um, it's much harder to accept that that is going to be, um, that there's going to be an end of the road piece in that, you know, like, because I want to see his boys grow up with a dad like him. Welcome to uh, episode six, season two, episode six of the C Word podcast. I'm Luke. I'm here with my brother Lee. Okay, mate, how are you going? Very good, mate. How are you? I'm great. We've just been uh, working through about 15 minutes of uh, technical difficulties to get to, to where we are, but yeah, someone's trans- fancy, new, fancy new Mac is working now, so this is good. There should be a course every time you buy a Mac where you, you can't take the Mac from the store. <laughs> until you've spent at least an hour and a half with them going through all the different usages because I've got it home and just gone, this is fantastic. And then I have no idea how to use I struggle that. to even turn it on. <laughs> That's so, good. At least you got it. Look but good. more importantly, it looks great mm-hmm. sitting on my kitchen table. Fantastic. So good. Yeah. Talking of looking great, you're looking well. Oh, that's good. As you know, mum's been here for a few weeks and I usually get from her whether or not I'm looking good or... Oh, you're not looking that great? I kind of had a laugh and I thought, well, everyone analyses you a little bit more when you're sick, but no one looks at themselves and goes, you know what, someone of supreme fitness, I'm sure, at least once a week would wake up and look like a bag of shit. Oh, no, I know that I do. I absolutely. I mean, today, no, not too bad, but usually, yeah, yeah, I have days where I wake up and go, yeah, this shouldn't leave the house today, actually. This should just stay (laughs) indoors. Exactly. Sit quietly at the computer. I just, you know, and occasionally I have those. So, yeah, anyway. So we are uh, very overdue for an update. We were due to do one earlier and we're hoping to have a guest come on and and have a conversation and that will still happen. But I think for now, considering how much has gone on, it was an opportunity for us to catch up because the last conversation I think was quite a lot. There'd been a lot that had gone on at that point. So I think for the Mm. sake of continuity and knowing where we're at in this in the journey so far, and I guess a very special call out to kind of say, well, special in, by way of looking at what the original kind of prognosis was and, and where we are today. It's, it was two years yesterday. Was that yesterday or the day before? Yesterday. Uh, yesterday, I think, um, according to Facebook. Mm, so, two years since, uh, yeah. since the, 
the challenge began, this situation mm. kicked off and, and became a reality. So how are you feeling? Give us an update. Where are we at? I'm feeling pretty good at the moment. Had a couple of average days during the week, to be honest. I was a little bit worried. There's been a lot of um, colds and runny noses and coughs and all that sort of stuff going around at the moment. And Jack and I both had a bit of a runny nose and cough and, and whatnot. So had a headache in the morning for two days in a row. And then I was feeling good again. So I'm fairly confident that um, that was just due to, yeah, being a bit cooked for a couple of days. So the last time we caught up, it was pre-MRI. And since then, for those who follow along, there has been um, updates on Instagram to kind of let people know Mm -hmm. what's been happening and what the outcomes are. But let's go back to the last MRI scan that you had and then the kind of outcome after that. After my last scan, which we did a podcast mm-hmm. on where it was not great news mm-hmm. and it was you know at that point where the doctor um, you sort of cut off from the neurology team because they now deem you at a point where you are well, I guess they can't do anything for you so there's you know two different teams I deal with the neurology team and then oncology is the, the department that looks after I guess the, the, the different treatments medications and so forth that I go on. So um, once they know they can't do any more sort of surgery on you or anything to help you in that manner, you, that's where you get sort of left, I suppose. So, which initially you kind of, it's like being dropped from the team. You kind of go, what? I'm not included anymore. <laughs> but but in all honesty, the guy that, um, the doctor that treats me in oncology, uh, Dr. Abbas is an outstanding human and has a lot of care. Same as any job, you get some doctors that just... Uh, I guess come in and knock the day out and get stuff done and that's fine because I'm sure that there's probably a large percentage of each industry across the country and the world where people just do that. They just go for a job and then you've got a percentage of people that are passionate and care and and he's definitely one of those. So I feel really lucky. Mm. I trust him a lot. Mm. So when he tells me that I should be doing something, I certainly follow him. So, um, yeah, I had that, that scan and it wasn't great. Went on some different treatment. Started on immunotherapy and the edema, which is swelling of the brain, which I had a lot of. And I had some growth from my previous scan, the, the really bad one. Mm-hmm. But it was very it was a very small amount in terms of growth and there seemed to be some sort of confidence that that growth would have occurred very quickly post the December scan mm-hmm. when it was all bad. So in a way, I guess you looked at that and went, oh, well, that's whatever we're doing at the moment must be working because if I only had a tiny amount of growth very early on and my swelling has disappeared and that's where they were highly concerned around the the edema, that if that gets out of control, there's no, they can't just take that away. Quite often that's something that will, uh, oh, what's a nice word other than kill? (laughs) But effectively, yeah, that's, you know, that swelling can kill you fairly pretty quickly. Mm. I put a lot of, um, oh, I don't want to sound like um, like I live in the clouds or anything, but I, I did put a lot of energy into recovering out of that. A few weeks where I was quite miserable early on with that initial scan and, and then sort of got back on the right track and started thinking, getting back into that positive headspace, I suppose, that we've spoken about a number of times. Mm. Uh, and I, and sometimes you've got to drop, I think. You can't just maintain that. I mean, anybody's kidding themselves. I laugh when I see people on Facebook and different where they're, you know, I live my life positively every day. Well, you know, 
that's a load of shit. You don't know. <laughs> You've got to experience some dump or some down part where you go, God, I've just worked so hard for a period of time to put myself in a really good space and then something doesn't work and you just and it falls apart. I had to let it sort of just fall apart mm. early on mm. so that I could collect all the pieces and go, right, yeah, okay, how do we move through from here? And then had the next scan and had some good results, feeling a lot better than I did for that short period of time. It's interesting when you call Back out the part of the, um, sorry to interject, but where you call out the part of you've kind of got to let things fall apart sometimes. I think that's an interesting reality that we probably all try and control a lot of things a lot more than what we actually have control over. And maybe I wonder what is in the healing part of, not that you're giving in, but just accepting that reality. And I think we kind of touched on it the last time. I don't know. It's, a, it's an interesting yeah. piece. It's a bit of both because, we, you know, people talk about acknowledging at any level, whether it's just you've had a bad day at work and you've done something wrong, you can either just gloss over and acknowledge it with words or you can actually acknowledge it and accept it and understand that you've made a mistake or something's gone bad or whatever it is. And I guess the critical part from there is properly accepting that and acknowledging it and it not just being words because there's a lot of a lot of that in this day and age where everyone's a, an expert in that space and if you say the right words and, you know, eat the right breakfast at the right time and do this, you're going to be good. Well, it's, you know, that's – it's just not true. There's nothing more powerful than your brain. There's nothing that you can hide from inside that space. You can pretend to but it won't help you. Mm. But when you do let it sort of – break down and I think we spoke about this last time I went out into the backyard and I cried on the lawn for I don't know how long mm. I can't remember when I've done that in my life mm. the macho side of me wanted to stop because I thought I'm not I can't do I can't do this in front of my kids and my wife and but then I was thinking about it I thought I have to I've got to get rid of this shit mm. <laughs> I've got to get rid of whatever it is this energy in me that's angry and and upset and disappointed and so that I can get rid of that attitude of, why do I deserve this? Well, no one deserves anything. Mm. Oh, I shouldn't say that. Some people deserve things <laughs> if they behave in certain manners, but I didn't feel like I deserved that. And um, I could have sat in that space or I could have just dumped it like I did, mm. had my big cry, had that for a few days, a moment each day, I suppose, where I just had to just let stuff out. And then re-go. And it's exactly the same with Laura because quite often we overlook or forget the people around us and particularly your immediate family and they need to dump as well, just the same as I do, so that we can balance out and, and work together and help each other. And we've been really lucky in that space where we've been able to access a group in Brisbane actually called All In The Mind. They are a charity-funded company that provide support in that area in terms of mental health yeah so like counseling therapy that type of thing like to kind of help you through the situation that sort of stuff yep yeah just to help with a more controlled dump of how you're feeling i suppose you Mm. do it on a weekly basis and it's probably just a conversation like where not probably i know because i do it every couple of weeks um it's just a conversation with that person at the other end that doesn't know you that you don't know them and you just talk about what's happening 
you throughout hadn't done this and I was almost waiting for the moment where this became part of the process for you guys because I know personally I have, you know, someone I go and see just for my own emotional fitness in that way and it's such a sacred space for me because it's like a to your use your words it's that dumping ground where you kind of come in and, and just hand over vulnerably and they can sit with you and you sift through all these thoughts and feelings and emotions and help to understand and clarify and walk away and feel just a little bit more like okay i have a few more tools in my belt to be able to process but also the the very cathartic process of talking and telling the story of what's been happening inside how has shifting and including this as part of the process how has that one helped you has it shifted things for you both like how what what benefit has it been um conscious of people who are listening who maybe are considering for themselves that's what i'm thinking yeah and that's why i sort of brought it up because it was you know me obviously my brother so you know what i'm like in terms of problem solving i always believe that i can solve problems on my own and i'm pretty good in that space Mm -hmm. Laura started speaking to the lady from All in the Mind and we've also gone through a fair bit over the last four months and I've cleared this with Laura to speak about this because I think it's important. Early in the year, we became pregnant. Laura became pregnant and it uh, certainly wasn't something we were planning. Certainly not something that I thought would occur that's probably naive on my behalf to think, <laughs> uh, you know, I've had too much treatment. There's no way I could produce a child, but that did occur. And, and that was a really, really confronting and perplexing point in time for us because years ago we actually talked about having three kids mm. and then we had two and we were, well, you know, that's a two's and <laughs> you know, my boys, two's enough. Mm. We had three of them. Oh, wow. Um, but at the same time, it would probably be an amazing thing. And at any other point in our life, we would have gone ahead with having the baby. But after some advice from doctors, and don't quote me on any percentages because I, at the time, it kind of everything just washed over me because I just felt really oh, kind of uh, felt like I'd let her down to a degree with this occurring. And... Um, the doctors basically said, look, it's not, it wouldn't be wise to go ahead with having the baby because you don't know with all of the drugs, the mm. treatments that I've had pumped into my body, that how that would affect that space. And Laura was pretty amazing, to be honest, in terms of how she sort of walked through that. And, and it's, again... I can sit here and pretend to understand what she went through in that space. I went through what I went through, but I wasn't the one that had to go into hospital and Mm. have the surgery that she had and then deal with it beyond that. And and there were a number of sort of complications that expanded beyond that that put a lot of pressure on her. So, And we've come out of it well, Mm. but we've only come out of it well because she found uh, made some contact with these people all in the mind and she started speaking to them and she said, look, it's, think you should and I initially sort of I didn't get my back up <laughs> I, I can imagine what your response may have been like for it I thought I'm, I'm doing a pretty good job here I don't I don't need somebody else to and then I thought hang on just stop for a second you can't solve everything on your on your own 
And there are some conversations you need to have with people that you don't know because mm-hmm. it's just it's it's good. Mm-hmm. So I started, and um, yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Lady, I speak to, we've had some great conversations, and and it's great because they don't know, you know, when you speak to people in these areas, they're not there to correct you all the time. Quite often, they're going to actually acknowledge that you're on the right path in a number of areas, and you're doing the right things, and they'll reinforce that. So I guess, and that might be where people often get held back from accepting this sort of assistance. It's okay to call it help, you know. I think help's probably one of those terms that people quite often uh, listen to and think it's a weakness, I'm seeking help. But the reality is that people do that every day in different formats. Just going to the coffee shop and talking to your friend and, you know, teeing off on a few friends or family members or whatever it's the same thing you're just dumping information and there's no one too tough or too intelligent doesn't matter how intelligent you are Mm. or how skilled you are in that space of managing your emotions you're always going to need some help at some point and that's for us has been good and it's funny we both we do them separately because it's your piece of information Mm -hmm. but then we immediately come and share it and go what did you learn today you know, and Laura just had hers 20 minutes ago. She comes out and she's always really refreshed yeah. and energised yeah. and more comfortable in her own skin, I suppose. Is yeah. And I'm the same. Mm. When you have someone reaffirm that you're on the right track or you're doing the right things, it's nice to hear that. If there's anyone listening to this and they're in this situation and they haven't spoken to someone or maybe you do reach out and you have a network of people who you kind of speak to, but there is such value in speaking to these experts in this space and experts by way of they know that you're human. They speak this language every single day. They're dealing with other people in similar situations. So I know from a counseling perspective, their knowledge and expertise is going to provide you with a reflection and an experience from from someone who's seen it in multiple places, which normalizes lots of things for you. Like what you've said, they've said to you, that's really normal. Actually, you're ahead of the game here or actually you could look at focusing on this instead. Is there one or two things that maybe you had doubt and then you got there and went, okay, that's awesome. I guess probably the one thing that you, I would suggest that you do learn before you undertake this is to drop any preconceived ideas of what this is about. Go into it really open. They're always going to provide you with a sounding board and they're always going to be, I think anyway, educated enough to help provide a direction for you and reinforce things that you are doing well or giving you new ways to look at things, perhaps just new terminology yeah. um, and be prepared to let that person in. Yeah, no, I think it's great. And I think considering what's kind of gone on and thanks for sharing with you know the other kind of challenges you guys had faced and that was quite a, a wild roller coaster that, you know, you've been on over the last few months I certainly know getting that phone call was like oh my god and it's that reminder that you know it's just we're all just so human right and this is just like we're all just going through it and you've you've got so many different challenges that are thrown at you and there's gonna be a point where you kind of max out and go oh my god like there's you know you think it's everything and then there's another thing thrown on top of it as well so yeah, no, I think it's good. I think it's a great call out and it's an opportunity for people to reflect for themselves and see, you know, do they feel they're getting enough support around them and can have someone to speak to. So yeah. we interjected, you were saying at that point your skin, so your skin had come back, swelling had gone down, you'd been doing the immunotherapy, and, you're feeling good, you're feeling mm-hmm. strong, you said you're back at football. Yep. 
Yeah, awesome. back of football, I was going to give it a miss this year, but Laura, although she'd love to have me home from football, <laughs> was the one that said, no, no, you, it makes you happy. There's some important fundamentals in headspace. Do the things that make you happy and balance it out. That doesn't mean every single day I'm going to go and make myself feel great by spending time on my own and doing this, particularly when you're in a family. If you're on your own, it's a different story. When you're in a family, there are different responsibilities to your children and to your partner and so forth. So you've got to find that one thing that what really sort of enthuses me. And, and for me, football, yeah, I love it. I love I love the people that I get to, to work with and, and the fact that it's as much as people think footy is just for, for meatheads, I suppose. It's actually a highly complex game and it's, there's a lot of thinking involved and strategy and, and it helps from my headspace because it allows me to challenge my brain and challenge myself in that space. So footy's been great to get back involved. I'm lucky to have the club that I've got and the people that I've got down there and the support that they provide and the encouragement. And you know what? They don't treat me with – there's no pity, which I'm really happy about. They certainly pay attention to me in terms of, you know, if I'm looking a bit tired or something like that, then other coaching staff will go, do you want me to take this? And I've only had to do it a couple of times where I'm like, oh, like last week after treatment, it was immediately after treatment training. And – um sometimes i don't know if it's i don't know what it is but it's just flushing through your body mm. and you kind of oh, you have a couple of hours where you're a little bit it's like your body's settling again mm. like you've had all this stuff pumped into you and and you've sat there for a couple of hours and i've gone through you know there's i've had this um <laughs> this level of anxiety every time i have my treatment around my blood pressure my blood pressure prior to treatment was spot on but every time I go into treatment, they won't treat you until your blood pressure is right. And I get this level of anxiety because I the first, I went in once and it was a little bit over. And I had a, a younger staff member there at the time. So they were very, you know, right to the to the wire in terms of how they were testing me. And I was like, oh, can you just ring my oncologist? Because I'm sure he'll give you the go ahead. So I sat there for an hour and a half and, and they rang and... Dr. Abash just said, yeah, like, he's fine. He's healthy. He's absolutely go ahead with it. They were like, no worries. The doctor said it's okay. And I'm like, oh, I've been telling you that for an hour. But, you know, everyone's got to go through that process and, and learn, I suppose. So I've had a fair bit of anxiety every time I've gone in for that treatment. And I think last week was the first time my blood pressure, I got it right, spot on the first time. And I, I worked really hard on calming myself. I was going to say, relaxing. that's the funny part is because as you get anxious, your blood pressure's going to shift anyways. <laughs> like, it do- yeah, it does. It does. And um, so Laura and I have a bit of a giggle about it each time. She's like, you're going to be right. And I'm like, well, bloody hope so. And then when it's not right, I'm like, oh. So we've had that scan. We're looking good. When's your next scan? It's in a couple of weeks. Okay. So, and so be- um, between now and that scan, you've just been doing immunotherapy every Yep. What, a few weeks? Uh, every three weeks. Every three weeks, yeah. Yep. So every three weeks and, well, yeah, it seems to be working based on the last scan. He was, was quite happy. Um, how, how long does it go for? Is yes. this just going to be ongoing or? You don't know. When it stops working is when they look for different, well, it depends. It depends on your age and health and all of those things. I guess I'm lucky that I'm considered fit and healthy. In terms of looking at the clinical treatment options, they're available to me 
and that'll be the next stage. Okay. But if this continues to work, the immunotherapy, then no point in changing that. They'll continue with that until it doesn't. And, you know, for me, hopefully it works well enough that there's no swelling again at my next scan and that there's, I don't know, you know, you can wish and hope that there's a reduction in the tumour. That's the funny thing about brain cancer. You just don't know mm. what is going to happen. Just look for small wins and I hope to sort of get a little win at the next scan and, and we'll just take it step uh, by step from there. Yeah, amazing. Well, that has been a, uh, a bit of a wild ride, but I guess in terms of my takeaway from this, it's um, I think the real call out here is around seeking that extra help. It sounds like, and, and even speaking to Laura as well, it just sounds like getting that third party to go and speak to, to kind of have that safe space, to clear the mind, to clear the thoughts, to clear that, to kind of regenerate and be able to come back together again has been quite a powerful kind of part of the process. Yeah, it has. I mean, if I was to... Oh, I'm going to use some big words here yeah. and probably sound smarter than I am. But um, at my bad scan, when everything was going really bad, I had I had the edema, I had the growth, and I also had what's called a midline shift. When you look at a brain, they're almost like, you know, they're two perfect mm -hmm. copies left and right, and there's a straight line straight up the middle. My swelling had become so much that I had what's called a midline shift. So in the, the front part of my brain, that line that you can see up the middle of a, a brain scan when you look at it, had gone from a straight line to like a big dent. Oh, wow. So I had that much pressure in my brain that it had shifted that structure, I suppose, if you want to call it that. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of different treatments out there and, and they still don't know how to solve it and all of those types of things. But I do know that every time I've been going well it's off the back of living a positive lifestyle speaking about things processing things through you know um, getting treatment at places like all in the mind and i kind of wasn't surprised when i went back and got my following scanned i was secretly confident but you don't want to say it. it's like saying your footy team's gonna i reckon they're gonna win today <laughs> if you say it too early they never do <laughs> Uh, but I, I felt like I was going to have a bit of a win and, and I did. The treatment's only going to work if your body probably allows it to. And a lot of that is your, how are you feeling mentally. If you're full of negativity and, and all of the wrong things, I don't think treatment's probably going to help you as much. There's so many different parts to it and a lot of them aren't tangible. They're just, like I said, they're your, your, your own wellness. And if you've got that right, and I think it allows everything else to receive the best type of treatment it can. Mm. And I might be way off the mark there. But for me, that's how I feel about it. Mm. And I think um, most people that you hear that are doing well with it, that's certainly how they approach it. Mm. Um, people I've listened to, it's certainly with that mindset of positivity and just going day by day and making your contribution and being kind to people and enjoying time with your with your friends and and with your family and so forth so um yeah yeah i think um, that's powerful i think it's some really amazing advice for anyone listening to this one right i, th I had a conversation the other day with a friend where it was talking about grief we we're talking about the sadness and the grief and i was describing how you know through recent kind of bouts of things i was talking about how i was describing grief as a rather than being in grief it was like grief as a as a person so as a woman because i always think emotions are very feminine in that space and it says 
talking about grief and then talking about joy and talking about sadness and describing these emotions and when they came and sat with you and what it felt like when she sat with you and how long she would stay for and you know when grief is around she'll stay for as, as long as she likes she actually doesn't get the cue to kind of go okay i need you to go now and in fact the antidote to grief is joy but to get joy you've got to invite her into the room and make sure that grief understands that she needs to to leave right now because i kind of i need joy to come come sit with me and i think you know listening to you say that kind of maybe it's a confirmation bias for myself but it kind of plays into that same part of my brain which says it really is a choice you know and and it's a choice by way of choosing to feel and express and process emotion when it comes to you but then also knowing when you need to choose to call in other types of emotions too so we can sit in sadness and grief and and difficulty as much as we want there's so much of it that can exist in the world but there's also a choice to turn around and go do you know what i'm going to actively choose joy i'm going to actively choose to your point the positive the optimistic the even when it's granular even when it's like the smallest bit i'm just going to i'm going to grab onto that and i'm going to focus on that part instead because otherwise i'm going to sit here with grief for far too long that it's just not going to it's not going to be good for me so actually looking for that joy seeking no. that joy and calling it in for me is that antidote yeah. to those other parts things are lighter things are easier you know just doing simple things like probably not simple things but for my birthday this year it was lucky that Laura organized with all of you guys and family in Brisbane to go and spend a couple of days up in Tugan mm. just doing simple things nothing too complex but just nice simple things that make you happy and bring joy and kids are amazing for that kids are their ultimate leveler adults can quite easily I think sit in grief and, and negativity when they want to because I've been wronged or something hasn't gone right or, or you know this person got this over me or whatever but kids kids and animals they just <laughs> the, the ultimate level they have no you know there's happy and sad and if they're sad they generally get over it pretty quick but their happiness is um, something that can sort of instantly change your day so getting to spend a couple of days with the girls and you guys and Rach and Sam and mum and so forth was really nice and people need to do those things a little more often I reckon mm. not all the time it's hard to cram that stuff in but no but when you get it and it's, it's quality nice. and uh, and my god we have enough kids in the family now that they are definitely <laughs> there's so many you guys have yeah. produced plenty of them <laughs> yeah we've just got at the moment Laura's Laura's sister and her hubby um, Amy and Toby are here at the moment with our two little ones in Adelaide yep. and believe it or not that they, they, they actually love Adelaide wow um yeah so is this just what um, they tell you or is this is a genuine feeling and emotion <laughs> no this is genuine I'm, t- I'm telling you like it's took us five minutes last night to walk down to the beach with the boys and when you talk about joy they're the simple for me I take the boys down the beach or we take the boys down the beach even when it's cool and they just have the biggest smiles and they have so much fun and they just love it and you can't help but have that lift your spirits not that not that we often need our spirits lifted these days because we're pretty we're happy so in a couple of weeks you've got another scan mm-hmm. okay awesome yep we'll check in but i've uh, got one lot of treatment before we have the scan so one more round of treatment then the scan and then from there will be direction as to what we do and all things going well, it'll just continue the same. Amazing. Um, if I've got to change and change treatment, then 
that becomes a little more cumbersome. It's 21 days of, I've got to go in every day for 21 days, purely for them just to, to monitor me. I don't know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I think, yeah, I'm, I feel pretty positive about the next scan and that things will be tracking in the right direction. Awesome. Um, and like we've done with everything else, if they're not, then we just, what's the next solution and where do we go from there? So Absolutely. And I think um, just a quick call out as well, because uh, Laura had sent this through to me, which was great around, it is two years since we began this whole journey. And I guess one of the biggest challenges that we experienced at the beginning was the unknown, right? Which is what everyone in this is, is experiencing. And then on top of the unknown is, well, how long does this go for? What is what is this what does this look like? What does time frames look like? And and I know we've spoken about it before. I think you know, I even posted something the other day saying, you know, one of the biggest lessons from this is a, is that reminder of how finite time is. And it's finite for all of us, right? But then when you have a loved one who's experiencing something where we're talking about it a lot more, um, then it feels even more finite. So that's why we, we grasp onto it. So, you know, in terms of survival, and they have it as survival rates, and I know we've never used this type of language, but I think it's worth a call out, which is to say, whilst Survival rate patients with GVM have improved with recent advancements in tre treatment. The prognosis remains pretty poor. But for a two-year rate, the range is like 8 to 12% of people, which I think is worth a call out and a moment of, of gratitude and joy to kind of look and go, do you know what, you know, whatever it is, whether it's, it's, it is what it is, whether it's all these incredible things that you do, your optimism, your, your focus, the treatments themselves. But I think it's worth saying, you know, we didn't believe two years ago. We didn't know, not believe, we just didn't know two years ago whether we would be sitting here having this conversation now. And you don't know that with anybody, but I think with the focus on this conversation and the treatment and what we're going through, it's worth a, an acknowledgement to say how wonderful it is and to say, you know, two years on and still yeah. moving ahead and going strong and getting all this wonderful time together and um, and learning all the things that we do in the process. It is pretty cool and you can't do it on your own. It doesn't matter how strong you think you are. It doesn't matter how intelligent you are. It doesn't matter how much money you've got. It doesn't matter. You can't do it on your own. You have to accept help. You've also got to learn to stand on your own feet at the same time and balance that out. And you've got to listen to yourself. I have to do that every day. Pay attention to how I'm feeling, what my mindset is like, all of those types of things. Yeah, you can't, don't think you can do it on your own. And if you are on your own, and it's unfortunate, like I'd see people that travel great distances to come and get treatment and they're on their own and these are older people and, um, you know, and there's lots of young, and it, and it really breaks your heart. I mean, I look at these people and think, wow, they're really strong, but it breaks your heart that they've got to go and travel long distances and do it on their own. Promoting and using that organisation all in the mind is for me, the people that need it, access it, use it. On the flip side, the lady that treats me was she loves the podcast. And <laughs> does she? There's been a hot Yeah, yeah, she does. She's trying to encourage me to start a <laughs> to start a new podcast in different areas. And I'm like, don't think I'm quite qualified in certain areas and I'm comfortable with the one that we're running at the moment. <laughs> and she's, you know, asked if she can share that with her clients. And she has, mm. and it's already had an impact on on a handful of people. And I'd love to get her onto this podcast, by the way, just a shout out to her. I know whether or not she'd want to or not, but I would love to have someone at least from that organization to get on here and have a conversation. I think there could be a very good conversation we had. Obviously not about what you two are talking about, but around in general and, and kind of the impacts and what they see and some information around how to best manage your mental health. I think that would be really, really um, beneficial. Yeah, we can do that. Shoot her off an email and yeah, 
Crow one. When I say I'll shoot her off an email, I'll message Laura. Laura. Yeah, Laura. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone listening to this, and, this um, entire conversation means Luke will take it up with Laura. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> uh, I'll email it to the wrong person or I'll forget to do it and think about it in a week's time. But um, yeah, it should be great to get on, on board and. Um, and sort of promote them enough um, and how they've helped us so that's awesome that's great feedback that's uh that's good to know happy happy days it's doing what it was designed to do so we'll catch up again soon we'll hopefully have a guest on the next one we'll see but uh until then look after yourself make sure you're you know kicking goals and getting your footy team to win basically well they're better this weekend we lost round one so um not good enough uh, <laughs> Just not good enough. Not good enough. <laughs> nah, I'm pretty confident they'll bounce back this week, so.